Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Welcome back to the Creation Innovation. Today we have a guest who I, you know, everyone that I love tech. So I'm really excited to talk with this guest, Viv Parismothi. I'm saying that in a funny way because we just had a laugh about me not saying his name correctly. So thanks for being here. I'm sorry about your name that I'm not quite worthy of saying it, pr- pronouncing it correctly. It's all good. I, I appreciate the attempt. I'm going to be practicing for the rest of the day after we hang up. (laughs) It's going to be my mission. He's a founder and CEO of Hera Fertility, a serial digital health entrepreneur, a two-time founder with one successful exit, which is important to note, super passionate about improving access and affordability to fertility services, born and raised in Toronto. And we just spoke, he's kind of been all over the place. And today we're going to be talking about a few different things. First, let's jump into my biggest question is how did you get into femtech yeah thank first off thanks for having me um yeah it's it's a funny journey my my sister laughs whenever she tries to break when i explain it to her um so i really i kind of stumbled upon it um after the exit of my last start i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do and um i was thinking about maybe mental health a few other areas i'm I'm very passionate about healthcare so just trying to figure out the right area to focus on and uh honestly it was just through friends and family who were sharing their struggles of it because uh i'm at that age where my friends uh are now married and wanting to to have kids um and so they were just opening up and sharing uh what's going on and that really opened my eyes to it because i think i was like everyone else where you're like well that should be pretty straightforward um and what's even more fascinating is like both sides of it both the female and the male um and and we'll probably get into that but yeah even both my guy friends and and girlfriends were both telling me their stories and and it was just heart uh heartbreaking to hear all of that uh especially the fact that they were all having issues but they couldn't get access to care or afford it. Um, and these are the people that I felt like really deserve to, to have that family, you know? And, and, and so I thought, let me dig into this. And my brain started clicking there and there's gotta be a better way of doing it and met with hundreds of people, patients um, and uh, anyone who could talk to me in the system and really saw that there was an opportunity to, to change it. Amazing. And for anyone who doesn't know what hair fertility is, can you share what that is? Yeah. So hair uh, fertility is a tech enabled provider for the one in six uh, who are struggling to get pregnant. The way that it works is through our app. We match uh, the patients with uh, the right fertility clinician um, and you get a care team around you. But the goal here is to provide you the right treatment options and with the focus of at home treatment. Um, and the idea there is that then more of the services can be uh, accessible and affordable. 
Um, and uh, we've been doing, we've, we've launched this version probably a couple months ago and finding great success. Um, we're really getting people at the, the start of the journey and giving them the right treatment options for them and navigating it, uh, navigate, navigating the whole experience for, with them. Um, and I think that's been really helpful because uh, it isn't a uh, short journey. Unfortunately, not for most. Back to, so this fertility first, mm-hmm. virtual first fertility. Yeah. What does that look like? So somebody is Googling, I, I'm struggling with fertility. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to see an RE. It leads them to Hera and, and what happens. Walk us yeah. through that customer experience of what that might look like. Yeah, it's a great question. It's something that we've been digging in, talking to hundreds of, of uh, people who are going through it or who have gone through it. What what ends up, what's happening is, uh, so what we do is they'll Google us or someone will recommend, um, be it your OB or even coach. your partner care. Uh, pardon? Or your coach, your fertility yeah, coach. Yes, your coach too. That's been an interesting, yeah, definitely. Um, and so people are, are sharing this and what, what how it works is that through our app, we'll, um, you'll have a session with our uh, fertility clinician, be it a, uh, a doctor or a nurse practitioner, um, where we dig into and do a full assessment there. Um, a lot of which we can do virtually. So we can really get into the areas that are uh, rural and underserved, but also for the people that are busy. Um, and uh, So does are, that look like they send out lab orders to be done from wherever they are? They yeah. report back to that doctor that they're assigned to and, and they review that via Zoom or whatever application it is? Exactly. Along okay. with the thorough medical history assessment. Okay. Um, and for men, we do sperm analysis. Uh, semen analysis there uh, with at-home kids or send them to um, a clinic nearby that will do it. Um, So then once we have all that information, we're able to provide uh, the right treatment option. Um, And our focus is um, really, and our niche really is that first line of treatment options that people can take at home. Um, And so we provide those, those, be it if we want to get specific, Clomid, Letrozole, Metformin, um, along with uh, the other like OPKs that you need. Um, and what's great is then they have those options and are able to start right away. And we monitor them as they go along all through our app. Um, and, uh, and yeah, along with that service, you get access to a care coordinator and uh, a nurse uh, who will coach you through it. Um, I wanted to ask more about co- fertility coaching specifically. We haven't gotten into that, um, which I think is a very exciting space. Would love to chat with chat with you about it. So as far as insurance and how that works and, you know, that's kind of one of the main things we've been talking about a lot is in mm. the U.S., it's not one size fits all in whatever city or state you're, you're in based yeah. on your your insurance provider and whatnot. So how does this work? And is it just in the U.S.? This, pro- Okay. Yeah. So just in the U.S. And look, I I was born and raised in Toronto, so I'm uh, I saw a Canadian system, and yeah. it's I'm I've only been in the U.S. for a couple of years, and I'm getting a crash course, and it's the the healthcare, especially for fertility, is very complicated. You you hit it on the nail, like the different states, mandated, not mandated, right? The, um, and what the insurance will cover, like your regular insurance versus like a progeny carrot, right? These riders. Mm-hmm. 
So right. uh, it's been a fascinating like learn. I feel like I need to get a postdoc in this. Um, and so right now we, uh, what we did was to keep it simple is, um, do out of pocket only. So we don't accept insurance, but that's forced us to make it very, very affordable. So you aren't breaking the bank with us. Um, you are paying a really affordable, uh, cost. So through our visits is around $200 each visit. Um, the, uh, it's $50 per month for the app and, and, uh, um, the membership service there, um, and our medications and all that, we, we, is really low cost there. Um, so that's kind of where we've been very focused on and trying to bring down the costs, um, because we saw so many people and when we we're interviewing who would go, uh, into IVF and, you know, take that second, um, mortgage or, you know, even run a charity, like fundraise for this. Um, and right. it broke my heart seeing someone having to try to find $20,000 for at least one round. Um, right. So, so yeah, that's forcing us. I think down the road, we will look into to doing coverage um, in the insurance side. Um, but for now, just to keep it simple. It's, well, it's what fun. I love about this too is it's a, kind of, it's a low barrier to entry situation, right? Yeah. When you have this idea of going to a fertility co- or I'm saying coach now, fertility doctor to begin with, a lot of people have a big reservation around that, right? They never think that's going to be their path. They're hoping that it's not. And there's that fine line too between taking the step away from your OB to see mm-hmm. a specialist, but yet not wanting to really admit and or go down the road of, I'm going to have to do IVF. And a lot of people think if I step foot in that fertility clinic, it yeah. means we're doing IVF. And I'm here to tell you that does not what that is not what that means. Yeah. And this seems like a very like easy entry to figuring out what's going on. Kind of like that baby step of like easing into the process on such a big decision and having it be low cost to get some answers at, you know, if nothing else, just to say, I'm having this conversation from the comfort of my own home and I don't have to have this big, scary thing of, oh my God, what does this mean for our future? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And all that pressure that you put on yourself. And that's, I think you hit it on the nail. Like it it was something that, you know, when I was talking to all these patients, we realized like they're in this like no man's like spot where it's like, should I go to my OB or am I in the fertility clinic? And and exactly the emotions that you, you shared um, and they're torn by that. And then what they end up doing is going on Google and reading, uh, going on these Reddit forums or Facebook groups and they're, they're down uh, the rabbit hole they go. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of why we see most of our activity at 2am. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, people are just Googling. So I, that's where I feel like we would be the most effective, really be that bridge, um, try to help them in that, that first, uh, with some sort of first line of treatment. Um, right. and give them some education. I think that's key here. The people that we meet, they're so informed. They're the most empowered, I believe, and they want to learn more. Right. Uh, if, if people didn't have their phone, if they had these binders, it would be like these full like books of things they would be carrying around. For sure. um, so I think that's kind of where we see the um, where we fit well. Um, and then as well, what ends up happening is that a lot of times maybe they don't work. We navigate them to the right clinic. We say, hey, look, we have a bunch of network clinics that we we know, and um, that's what's great is that our team is uh, has a lot of experience in the fertility space. Um, so they they're able to tell you which clinics to go to and what you may want to expect. Um, so it kind of eases it uh, because it could be very stressful. 
That was going to be my next question because we can only know so much from the blood work, right? We, some, I always say we got to actually know the lay of the land sometimes of what's happening in there and what's going on. So at what point do those doctors generally kind of say you need to see someone in person, whether that's themselves or somebody else? Mm-hmm. How does that work? Yeah. So typically after um, a few times of the treatment, if you're still unsuccessful, um, then based off our assessment and all the data that we collect, um, the doctor uh, would recommend um, you go to, to do an IUI or IVF or any kind of other treatment option, and we'll direct you to a clinic that as a partner of ours, but more importantly, the nearby you that that has a convenience and we know has good quality. Um, right. So that's we really kind of navigate. It's not simply, hey, we'll refer you out and buy. Um, mm-hmm. We'll make sure it's all coordinated that way. And then what's really funny is when afterwards, what typically happens after they have that first session, they always call and they're like, oh, they, like I, I was so, sh- I didn't ask all the questions. Um, so they'll, they'll talk to our, our team there and um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of guide them. I think it's really just preparing and processing everything um, um, because you're right, like a bunch of people won't be able to in that first round, but, uh, and, and you want to navigate and make sure that they know their expectations. But because we collect so much data, we're kind of really good at um, navigating and telling you what your options are. That's amazing. Again, I think just the idea of relieving the pressure of being in an office and all those things that you're the unknowns, right? It kind of removes some of that because you know, okay, it's blood work that we're doing. We're talking about our past history and it's it just feels a lot less stressful and a lot more big and scary or a lot less big and scary, yeah. I should say, than really going in. And I, I love that because like you said, most of these people that are going down this road, it's Unfortunately, it, it ends up being longer than they expect because we mm-hmm. all kind of don't realize we're even going to be here. And like you said, with some of your friends and family, no matter what it is, whether it's six months to get pregnant naturally and or you go with letrozole or, or mm-hmm. Clomid or whatever, and then it happens your next round, it's still not exactly what you think. We all think I better not get pregnant and I need to be careful not to get pregnant. Not, oh my God, this is going to be harder than I thought. Yeah. So getting that data up front, I think, is always really helpful. And we kind of mentioned it before, too, but let's talk about the the guys' side of things. I know you said that, mm-hmm. you know, generally that's an easier way to measure data for them than the women. But do you see just as many men being curious about their fertility now as well? Yeah, it's it's growing, but I will say um, it's it's still not to the level that I think it should be. Uh, I think it's still, and this is kind of one of the reasons why we're, we're virtual first. I think there's a, uh, for, for men, um, they want that, uh, that privacy. Um, this is a very sensitive topic. I've talked to so many and many don't even put their camera on or want to just anonymously right. tell about that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still a stigma or, or something around that. Um, and and I, I think it's getting better um, and we're, we're, we're really helping a lot more, but what I would love for to, to what would change is having just an open dialogue about it. Uh, I, I think it's very normal. Um, and, and men should feel open to go and get it tested just to see right. what's going on. Um, I, I think there was many conversations we're having now. Like I remember one recently I was helping out a, a, a one patient and, and it just made me think like, 
like, why aren't I talking to, about this with my friends even um, mm. as, as a guy? So uh, it's getting so overall, it's getting better. Um, I think that what we do really that's really important is uh, not just focus on uh, one gender. Right. We want to make it so that it's um, like you're, we're looking at it comprehensively. So even right. through our app, we we make sure if let's say uh, it's a couple, um, then we're bringing your and, and, and it's the, the wife who signed up, um, which honestly tends to be the situation based on <laughs> sure. the data. We're, we're like, hey, we need to get an account set up for the for, for your husband, too. Right. Um, and we want to match it up. So you guys are both going through the experience. It's not like one person filling out the form. Um, Absolutely. You know what I mean? And make it a collaborative you get much experience. resistance. Do you get much resistance from that when the women are signing the men up where they're like, no, I'm good? Or is it pretty I, much like, okay, fine, I'll do it? I feel like it's, it's. I do hear, no, I'm good um, a few times. It's, uh, it's a common thing that my team always laughs about. Um, but they know, they try to navigate around it. Um, definitely if we, we did some testing, it was, it was very funny. I think, uh, we, we did some testing where we would send the stuff to the, the husband first and, uh, let's say a form, they wouldn't fill it out. So right. <laughs> we're like, but like, it's just, um, I think, I think you want to make sure that you educate them on why we're doing this, um, why sure. it's important, um, because it's, you can share your perspective as well. Um, that way we know what's the real, what's really the situation and it's a collaborative experience. Um, and, and that way you can see what both, what both, um, people can do. Um, and it's not just the stress on one person then. Yeah. I find that with that, that it just mitigates the emotional journey for both of them. If they feel like they're in it together rather than you know, that resentment that could build up later of like, okay, I had to make all the appointments. I had to fill out all the forms. Yeah. I had to do all this. And, you know, you're just along for the ride, so to speak. Yeah. You're like dragging back, them along. Yeah, exactly. Back to that education part. I think it's so important. And this is why I love data is when we're talking about sperm health, for example, which is so easy to see that data over the last 50 to hundred years, there are so mm. many aspects for men and women, but specifically around sperm that we know, just people holding their cell phones in their pockets, right? 50 years ago, there weren't cell phones, even you know, close to 25 years ago, there weren't. The no. amount of stress that men have compared to those times. All mm -hmm. of these things, our diet, our exercise, our lack thereof, all these things, the smoking, et cetera, has contributed to the way that sperm is now. And the more that men see those numbers and they're like, oh, dude, that's crazy compared to what it is now from what it was, mm -hmm. maybe I should get that checked just to make sure, right? Yeah. Because the numbers of the data don't lie. And the benefit I always say about the sperm versus the egg is it's actually in most cases, we're able to turn that around pretty easily, which is great. So yeah. for all those guys or women that are listening to, to help their guys understand a little bit more, go with the, the data. Maybe the data will talk to them a little bit more and convincing them that, exactly. that it's worth checking out. I, I think just I think you hit, you're, you're exactly right. Um, the big thing that I think is going to change this this whole piece and have more testing happen is the at home testing that's happening, um, right. the innovations that are happening there. Um, I know there's more and more of these coming out that are doing even a better job. So like they, the comfort is there for, for men to try it out at least. 
Um, right. And I think that's going to give them data um, and then realize, okay, I could change things um, to help um, and, and make sure that we have better odds here um, to be successful. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And for us, we use a few partners there to, to, to help if, if men want to do that. We always give them options. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be key, um, so that we can actually make some improvements, but you're the big thing, like I was shocked by how many things you have to consider for sperm health. Um, and now more and more research is coming out. So I always get giddy whenever I'm at these conferences where they're sharing their results and you're like, what that affects sperm health. Um, and like how it affects it and what you should do differently. Uh, and so that's really important for us. Like our advisory team is not just REIs and like the classic fertility doc, but it's like a mixed bag of docs, especially reproductive urologists. Right. Um, and, and because they know, uh, and, and there's so few of them. So we were very lucky to have Dr. Patel um, and help us inform what is the right protocol, but also education. What should we be sharing with our patients that's uh, effective? Right. And I love that you mentioned that, the reproductive urologist, because back to the special, the specialist, specialty, mm -hmm. I can't speak right now. It's so important. I say this over and over, right? When you're having a baby, yes, you do want to go see the OB, but when you're trying the fertility doctors, you want to see somebody who this is what they eat and breathe every day, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the OB. And I think a lot of people get confused of, oh, I'm going to see a urologist. Well, we mm -hmm. actually want you to see a reproductive urologist who exactly. specializes and has studied this specifically because mm -hmm. there are small nuances that those people will know that the next person won't know. And to have this at your fingertips at this app mm -hmm. to, to speak to somebody, because a lot of times if you do have insurance or you don't have insurance, you need to get a referral for that. And yeah. You know, maybe your insurance is like, mm, you're, you don't quite qualify for that yet or whatever it may be. So this to me sounds like the perfect, you know, situation to get all those people who really know their field to, mm -hmm. to talk to you about what you really need to know at this point to, to determine your future. Yeah. It, it's funny you bring that up because we're seeing so much of the data and then we interview people to understand it better. And one of the things I always laugh about, and I remember even for myself, like, when you have a barrier, like, oh, I have to get a referral from a family, like a PCP right. or whatever. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm not going to do it. So like, I, 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 that's me. That's, I'm just saying that. Sure. And, and, but so now you just, it's easy and it's very, uh, that's kind of why we wanted to go with the consumer approach here. Like you can go online with the app. It feels like you're um, any other non-healthcare kind of consumer app experience. That way, you know, you're signing up for something and you're talking to someone and it's at your time. You have control over it um, and it makes it just much easier, and more comfortable. Right. And so we, we want to keep honing in on that. Um, plus, like my co-founder uh, has been working in the fertility space for 20 years. She ran a fertility clinic, um, knows everything about billing. And she's like she gave me a crash course once and uh, of diagnosis codes and everything. And I was like, my God, this this is too complicated. and too hard, like too difficult if for me, let alone like a patient to navigate all that. Um, oh so I gosh, rather totally. stick to this right now yes. um, and get, get um, people the services, right. With, with, with our app and everything. Yes. Agree. 
So let's talk really quickly about this growing epidemic of infertility and what you have learned in the last few years being in this space. Yeah, I, I think there's so much. Uh, and I always tell my mom about this because she's like the beginning. She didn't understand what this is all about because it's a, such a different generation. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's one, one in six couples are struggling with it. Um, and I hear more and more that that's actually um, not the right number. It's actually worse than that. Um, and so I, I think when you look at it uh, and there's more and more research coming around it, um, there's so many factors associated to it, um, from our food diet and activity, but also, uh, people having kids later. Um, so, so many things to consider here. Um, and that's, what's really making it difficult. So now more and more, the way I like to look at it is you need to, if you are planning to have, um, build a family and have, have, a, have a kid, you need to think ahead and maybe consider, why don't I just get checked? Check. One of our products is called Checkup. It's like, just see if what's going on. Um, and that should be something to consider, especially with these numbers getting worse and worse, because sometimes it's just education. And I think that's what coaches are really, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but really good at. Sometimes it's just knowing what changes you need to do and things to avoid to help you um, make sure that you're successful, right? For um, sure. So and a lot of these fertility diagnoses are, go undiagnosed, yeah. quite honestly. And so people live their 20s thinking, oh, I just have painful periods or whatever it may be. And they don't realize that actually there's something going on because is especially in our country, the doctors are so quick to put people on the birth control pill for a lot of different symptoms, which is just masking what the real issue is. And then when you go to try to conceive, you're like, wait, what, what's happening? I have what? Yeah. And, you know, so I agree with you getting that checkup and figuring out, you know, even if it's 10, 15 years down the road, like at least, you know, what potentially you're dealing with, right? Yeah. Are you, are you at a good AMH level for a 30 year old? Or do you need to like, think about mm -hmm what you're going to do a little faster, perhaps, or mm -hmm. your FSH, whatever it may be, that data, again, will help you to make decisions that will build your future for you. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to go out and have a baby now, but it makes you more educated on the decisions you choose or not choose to do, mm -hmm. which I think having been someone that had children over 40, you know, and it was very different then, but now it's, if all this information and science is there for us, why yeah. not? Right. And of yeah. course, there's still no guarantee. I froze my eggs and I wasn't able to use them, but I, yeah. you know, I had the, I had it there as kind of a backup plan and I was having the foresight to know, okay, this is potentially could be helpful if I need it. And I, even though that was my story, I yeah. still really encourage everybody to do it. And, um, you know, everyone's situation is different, but, you know, knowing that I was building my business in my thirties and yeah. I gotten divorced at age 30, that I knew kids were not going to be in my near future mm -hmm. and I needed to plan for that down the road. Yeah. So I think, I think you, you share a story that I hear a lot, um, where it's, it's really about just educating people and, and, and for, be it men and women for them to make that right decision, right? What are, and to educate them, like doing a test, like an EMH test and all these, like that's pretty straightforward. You can get it from anywhere. 
But what's key is understanding what that means and right. what are your options there and then laying that out and, and, and people want that. And then they could decide, right? Like what you did, right? So that I think that's key now in what's going on. Um, because if, once you get diet, like you don't want to get diagnosed infertility and not have the same options that you might have had before. And I'm seeing more and more people understanding that um, in certain places too. Sometimes I'm at parties and I explain what I do, and they're like, "Oh, I got to tell you, I'm thinking ahead. I don't want like like I'm not trying to have a kid right now, but." trying to plan ahead. What should I do? Um, it's most of the time what we're talking about, which is funny because I'm like, I'm trying to not <laughs> talk about work. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's changing. And I love it for that. Um, but I think it more and more, I think like podcasts like this is really, really helpful so that people can understand why and then make a decision of, okay, let me go find out more about my body. What am I, right. what's happening? What could happen and what are my options? Right. Now, a big portion of this we kind of touched on earlier is about the affordability of mm -hmm. fertility treatments and people in areas that it, they might not have access to it or even really the awareness that it exists, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, again, we go back to education. How can we help to promote this to people in places where they can know you don't you don't have to have thousands of dollars to get these answers to know what your next step is. That is my mission here. Uh, so we have been doing a lot of uh, research and surveying. And one of the most heartbreaking stats that I recently saw was um, we were asking, like, what is your reason why you're not going to go do a checkup or do like under, do some sort of fertility services? And the number one answer was, like, I think it was like 90 something percent was uh, my like, I can't afford it. Basically, like insurance is not going to cover it. Hmm. And it, I was like, hmm, you know, and then my team was like, that's silly. Like insurance will cover the assessment part and you understanding it. But they immediately thought IVF and right. insurance is not going to cover it. And then when we did when we did some interviews, they were like, "Yeah, if my insurance is not covering it, I'm not paying twenty thousand dollars." And right. and I realized like it's because this concept of fertility means IVF, right? right? And you and I know that's not the truth, right? For for many people, that isn't that shouldn't be how you think about it. Um, so for for me, I'm really passionate about sharing that there are other options. Um, to help you with your fertility um, and that are much more affordable um, and accessible. And that's kind of core to us. Like we could have set up a clinic somewhere um, and done like what a typical fertility clinic does, but we purposely did apps so that we can be in these communities that normally wouldn't have access to a fertility specialist or a reproductive urologist. Right. Um, that way they can access it from anywhere. So that's right. core to us. These are, there's so many areas in, across the country. Um, like that's why most of our patients come through Texas, the Midwest, all of those areas, not the New Yorks and Californias. Our focus is there where they wouldn't get access to it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think overall, I, I really want to change this conversation from um, where for people to understand that it can be um, accessible and affordable. Um, and then hopefully as we go along, I think the next thing is that I would recommend is everyone should join Resolve, in my opinion. Uh, I, I try to volunteer uh, 
as much as possible through them. They are an amazing organization for what they do to uh, really do all the, the, I like to say, boring hard work of policy. <laughs> um, advocating, et cetera. Advocating, yes. exactly. And I, I think they're um, top-down grade. So I, I think everyone should get involved there. And the people that are there are super passionate. I've, I've, everyone has a story there. Right. Right. Really what, what motivates me. So I think that's a great organization to get involved in and so that they can help improve the access and affordability too. And I think just talking, right? More people having the conversations, you know, at those parties and wherever to say, hey, there's this, there's that. It may not be you. It may be your sister-in-law, brother-in-law, your neighbor, whoever, but and many of us who have been, once we say what we are doing in the world, they're like, oh, they tell you a story about somebody they know that's gone through it or have a question for you or whatnot. So the more that we start to talk about the accessibility to these things, to people in places and in those areas that are, may not have the resources mm -hmm. that we do in the larger cities, I think is really important. So yeah. we'll continue to have those conversations and and spread the word because it can be such a simple answer for a lot of people. Like you said, they get on metformin. That could be, you know, the one thing that they needed to do to change or a thyroid medication or whatever it may be. And, you know, they may have years of having tried before and all they need is somebody to give them something or an answer that to change something. So I think that's really cool. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing this path to go down. I mean, I know it's a growing industry, but for all these um, smart, scientific guys that are out there that are, you know, blow my mind every time I see what you all are doing. I'm like, how how does your brain even think to do that? Um, you know, I'm always honored to be in the presence of intelligent people that are thinking outside the box. I, I appreciate that and thank you for those kind words. But I, I, I do have to say that, um, honestly, I'm just a pretty face. Most My team is the uh, is the brains behind it. I think we're like 90% women. Um, I think uh, they are the ones who are, are inspire me and tell me what uh, we can and can't do and what should be changed. So, um, but yeah, no, and, and thank you for having me. I think this is a great uh, podcast and like, really taught me a lot. Podcast is what I've kept listening to about fertility to get educated. And so uh, it's funny if you ever look at my Spotify list, it's anyone looking at it would be like, this guy only listens to fertility podcast. Um, I'm trying to have a kid. But I, I listen, I think you, you do an excellent job of trying to bring in different types of um, information. Um, and not just clinical, right? Like everything that can really really inform people who are going down this journey. So so thank you for, for all the great uh, episodes and hopefully uh, you keep keep doing this. I think it's uh, it's hard to do podcasts. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. 
Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.